focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Teresa, out in Southern California. Keep up the good fight. You're doing wonders for children out there. Welcome. My name is Chris Rubio to episode 29 of the Rubio Method. I, alongside Nick Monahan. I said Nick, not Nicholas this time. I don't know why I did that. We're going to have a great, great episode for you today. Here's what we're going to cover. Surviving seasonal depression, the saddest songs of your life, Movies that make you cry. Hopefully this picks up a little bit. Kids birthday cake. Okay, we're back. Yoga. Ugh. A place in Europe you most likely haven't heard of. Travel tips. The mind, the nervous system, and the body. All of that and much, much more on today's episode of The Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. Focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Andrea. Thanks for always being someone that I could talk to and always listens and always fighting the good fight. Welcome back to The Rubio Method, episode 29 with Nicholas. I'll give you the professional title again. Haircut Monahan. I see you got a nice fresh haircut there, Monahan. Monahan, before we get into the minute with Monahan, I I just want you to understand that our crowd base is growing immensely. I knew it, you know, would pick up after what everyone started to watch a little bit, but we now have a celebrity watcher. Are you ready for this? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Let's see. Okay. You know, this person has been watching because of what they're saying. Christian, go ahead and take it away for us. <laughs> but my focus is just stay focused. <laughs> as you can see joey b is remaining focused and he's gonna stay focused so shout out to joey b watching us i thought you would like that mod hand we're truly i'm impressed and i know you're as impressed as well <laughs> i'm so impressed i can see why you didn't tell me before i'm losing <laughs> all right mod hand you and your beautiful fresh haircut give us a minute with mod hand Yes. Oh my gosh. This is great. Yes. I did get my ears lowered today and that cracks you up. Rubio, you've been doing that lately. You got me with the stool last or two episodes ago. That, that, that was my hog. Yeah. Your hog, your hog. <laughs> oh man, let's do it. Let's dive in. You crack me up, bro. This is why we're best friends, man. <laughs> let's dive in. We're talking seasonal depression. And when I was thinking about this episode's of Minute with Monaghan, um, I figured we'd do seasonal depression because it's it sounds crazy, but those of us that live in the northern part of the country, man, it's snowing outside right now in Colorado, so it's still very much a thing, um, and I wanted to highlight it, and that's seasonal depression, um, something that really just can kind of linger around, especially in the months of March and early uh, April, because it, it feels like we should be out of it, but you know we can still be in this funk, and it's okay. So here are five ways to help fight your seasonal depression. Number one is get you get a light box. Those light boxes you can get on Amazon real easy. For whatever reason, they help. We like them. So grab a light box. Number two, prioritize social events. Get with your friends. Get with your pals. Get with your family and just be social. A lot of times when you're not focused on what's going on outside, then that's when uh, you can feel even better. Uh, number three is take a little vitamin D, as I like to call it to my friends, vitamin me. No, <laughs> uh, get your vitamin D because that is super helpful. That's what we get from the sun when we're outside. Um, and then also uh, get moving. 
Go, go exercise. We talk about it a lot of exercising. There's a reason why I'm always hammering that because that's such a quick fix to feeling better. And last but not least, of course, of course, of course, I always want to stress, talk to a therapist if you need it. If it feels like the seasonal depression is way too much for you to handle, you've done almost everything you can, get with a therapist, talk to a therapist and, and get some help, even if it's just one conversation. Monahan, what the hell is a light box? Oh man, it's these like little light, like bright lights that you just put on your desk. You know, they're so many different sizes, but they're usually like rectangles and you just turn that mug on and then boom, it's bright right in your face. And for whatever reason, it feels, it makes you feel better. So you have this like while you're working? Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so bright right now. It's because I have, I actually have two light boxes cooking and it makes all the difference. It makes your surroundings so much bigger or brighter. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Scott Bird. He was my strength coach at Mizzou when I played football. He was the one who told me about this 10 years ago, and it's been hitting ever since. Okay, Monahan, you're going to provide a little link that we can put out on social media so everyone can find it. Obviously, you guys are doing a great job checking us out on NGBN.TV, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google. Uh, what do we else we got? therubiomethod.com and of course apple podcasts and obviously if you guys have any questions notice this little segue right here monahan you can send it into rubio at therubiomethod.com monahan do you happen to have three fantastic questions for us i do this first one comes from hotlanta from tabitha thanks for coming tabitha she says what song or songs do you want played at your funeral Rubio, when I saw this question, I was like a little bummed because I think we'll have the same answer for the first time ever. But My Way by Frank Sinatra, I want that bad boy on loop, baby. Loop. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Monaghan, we partially agree. Number one, I want to go to the funeral thing. I'm not having a funeral. I'm having a party. And yeah. I actually have in my life insurance policy, like I think 10 grand put aside just for the party. And I'm not even joking. I made it a specific thing to do with that. I want my way as well, but I want it done by Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam. And I'm not sure how whoever survives me is going to make it happen, but I want it done. And I've already told people, whoever survives me and doesn't make it happen, I haunt them. Yeah. So there's that. I love it. Just like that lady haunted you in that one uh, question she, a long we were, time ago. We were pals. <laughs> Homies, even. Yeah. <laughs> question number two. You guys have joked about watching Hallmark movies, so I have to ask. What are the movies that have really made you cry? This is from Joel from Boca Raton. Rubio, hit it. What has made you cry? Number one, and I'm not going to tell you guys again, I'm, we're not kidding about the Hallmark movies. Monahan and I have a text thread where we just share which movies to watch. There are some great ones out right now. I just saw Country Christmas or whatever it was. It was phenomenal. Um, so, yes, we watch those, and yes, I do cry at those. Um, I would say... Back in the day, La Bamba, for some reason, made me ball, especially when Bob, his brother's like, Richie. Oh, I, I broke down big time at that. Um, for the, anyone that's above 35, Brian's song. Monahan, if, if you ever, if anyone that's watched that entire movie, it's, I think it's the Gail Sayers story. Yep. Which, uh, if you've watched that movie and you didn't cry, something is legit wrong with you. Brian's song is one of the saddest stories of all time. Uh, Monahan, what about you? Yeah, actually, that's the one movie that makes my dad cry is Brian's song, Brian Piccolo. Absolutely amazing. I can't Ooh. even talk about it. 
I know it's getting misty up in here, eh? Um, man, me, I love, oh, first off, like you said, love Hallmark movies. My wife and I, man, we binge those bad boys. Uh, but the movie that really gets me teared up is the movie Miracle. Uh, at the end, when they, I, I know it's going to happen every single time, but I just absolutely love it. As you guys can see, I'm like a big hockey guy. I got hockey everywhere. So Miracle, I cry every time at the end because it's just so awesome. So perfect. What's the last question, Monahan? Last question, and this is an awesome one because this really, I just went through this this past year. It says, uh, this is Rosa from San Antonio. It says, any advice or mindset tips for starting a diet? And I literally, I started a diet probably a year ago. Actually, I know a year ago. It was the first round of the NCAA tournament last year where I made a massive life decision to change what I was eating and uh, how I was working out. And the big thing is that I would say, dude, little by little, you know, easy does it. So first for me is just cutting out fast food. Like that was it, cut that out. And then I was like, I made a little bit of a step, but now I wanna make the big step. So I canceled out gluten and dairy and it, it was tremendous. I lost 30 pounds in two months. It was unreal. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, but the kid was a little thick. So that was my little by little. Easy does it, uh, but keep going every single day. What about you, Rubio? I think those are good tips. My my thought is always, like, the same thing as you pretty much, set little goals for the big goal. Like, yeah. oh, yes, you want to lose 100 pounds. That's wonderful. 100 is a huge number. Let's say I want to lose five pounds, and then another five pounds, and then another 10 pounds. Monahan, have I ever told you the story about my first cheat meal? Oh my gosh. No, but I love that you don't tell me these stories until now. You're going to love this one. So when I was back in the day, started uh, doing the low carb diet. Okay. And I went hard. I mean, I was going hard in the paint on the low carb. I was down to like 10, 15 carbs a day. That's it, daddy. And I mean, after about a month or a month and a half, I was going to one of my buddies, Sailor, his kid's birthday party. It was like a two-year-old birthday party. So that there's no two-year-old people out there. There's just all adults. I don't know why we do that, but everyone does it. And I remember I set myself up, okay, this is going to be my cheat meal because I know there's going to be kids' birthday cake there. And I still remember the exact one, baby. It was gold medal ribbon and it was ice cream cake. Mm -hmm. And I love, I have a sweet tooth the size of Vermont. And I love kids' birthday cake frosting. Like that should be, I, I, if it was cologne, I'd wear it. <laughs> so we're doing the whole birthday cake thing, lighting the candles, yay, happy birthday, whatever. And all of a sudden, I take a bite. And it, it was like, I can't even describe the emotions. It was like unicorns flying, babies being born. I mean, your first kiss all rolled into one. And all of a sudden, I take another bite. And then I I was like Will Ferrell in old school. I black out. And all of a sudden, he's shaking. This is not even a joke. He's shaking me. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And I go, what do you mean, man? He goes, you just ate half the cake. And I go, what? I go, what? And, he, and I looked down and it sure as hell, I was just going to town. I was going deep. And I literally ate half the birthday, the birthday cake because I just blacked out. I was in like the sugar utopia of goodness. <laughs> so that's my, so maybe make the cheat meals a little bit less than, you know, 70 days out so you don't black out on kids' birthday cake. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my true story, God. True story. We're out here. We're coming up with the interview segment, then followed by the bottom line. Christian, I'm out. Woo. 
What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Whitney, up north. Keep up the good fight. You're doing wonders for every small town out there. Welcome back to the Rubio Method. My name is Chris Rubio. This is episode 29. You guys are doing a great job sharing, subscribing, everything on social media, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Amazon, of course, the rubiomethod.com, and especially ngbn.tv. We just finished a phenomenal email question segment with Monahan. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always email them to rubio at the rubiomethod.com. All right. Let's welcome our guest. Her name is Carolyn, Car Carlin, excuse me. I knew I was going to mess it up and I had it right the first time. Carlin Fisher. Carlin, welcome. I'm going to read your bio. I have to be honest. I already told you this. I don't understand what half of these words mean, but that's going to be good because I'm hoping as I read this, we're going to, it's going to open my mind a little bit. Carlin is a neural optimization speaker and consultant passionate about helping her clients meet their full potential by focusing on connections of the mind, body, and nervous system. She's a certified wellness code practitioner. She's a certified yoga instructor. She holds a Bachelor of Applied Science and Engineering. I knew that one. She's in the process of becoming a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Got nothing on that one. She has spoken to thousands of students and coached countless individuals in the methods of neuroplasticity. And she's the owner president of Re-Engineering Your Headspace. Carlin, welcome to the Rubio Method. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Fantastic. All right. Number one, quick question. I got three quick questions just to break the ice a little bit. Why is yoga so hard? <laughs> because it's not for the week. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I mean, as everyone knows, I'm a D1 athlete and I've tried yoga a couple times. It is, it's torture. It's so hard. It is. But once you get good at it, you're good at it. Like you, you do two classes a day, you bend over to the bottom shelf in the fridge touch your toes, straighten your legs, no problem. If you do sports and you're always shredding your muscles, right? You don't even wanna bend halfway down because you're sore so from your workout. Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm, so, I'm literally, you can't see, I'm, I'm stressing right now, sweating, thinking about when I did yoga. We're gonna move past that. You've lived in some wild places. Tell me the goods and bads of living in Estonia. Okay, so I'm a e-resident of Estonia, technically, which is a whole nother story, which is fun. Okay. But last month I was in Portugal, but yeah, basically I am one of those young people that likes to travel around, work from their laptop and take advantage of that world whenever I can. Okay. So speaking of traveling, last question. I have some travel tips that I always go by in my own head. What are some, give me one good travel tip that you have. I would say, okay, always have kind of two plans. Be the you can kind of have a rough plan but also be ready for anything that's thrown at you because it's fun have the spontaneous spontaneity component because that's also where you can get cheap flights where you can go to the airport that day and find them or 
people are stressed about an Airbnb they booked week before, if you book one that day, that's when they're just excited to get rid of it. So if you can make some of your plans go to must-haves and some up in the air, that's when it gets to be fun. And it doesn't have to be always stressful if you let the wind blow and take you where it wants to go. I like that. I, I like that a lot. All right, let's get back to the meat and potatoes. What the hell do you do? Explain it to me like I'm a third grader. So I'm going to explain it in sports analogies here. Okay. So you know when you see a player, especially near the end of the game during overtime, and you know when they absolutely freeze, and then mm -hmm. the game's just over, they made, a, they, they made a dumb mistake, and they just freeze. And the whole fan base says, oh, that was so stupid. I can't believe my player did that. So I work on correcting that with them because that's the system. It's part of their little sequence with what goes on here and what goes on with that connection that just shuts them down. So that's one thing I do. A second thing I do is I work on stress points in games. So if you look at certain components of sports, like say football or hockey, there's always points where they're going to be stressed and they're going to be high alert, right? They're going to have that high alert. And what I try to do is I try to free up as much of that energy as they can so they can go for that play. Because if you look at, have you heard that moms could lift cars off their kids if they have that burst of adrenaline? Like they can yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of beautiful plays like that in sports. But if you have entire players that are in this like fight or flight, like frantic all game long, they're, they're useless. They're not going to give you those good groundbreaking plays. But if they can find what's called a flow state, and it's basically where they're not thinking, they're just doing, then you can get them working there at the highest level of performance and then when they need to flip that switch and do that like sporadic move where there are certain plays one i can think of is dj metcalf um it was one of the third Go plays uh, third plays of the year and or he top three plays on sportsnet and he absolutely chased down uh i think it's oh, like yeah. Buda baker and and yeah, that's yeah. like that is fight or flight but he doesn't have that speed all game or he didn't have it up to it it's like a reaction that lets him do that so what I help them do is really work on that because a lot of these players say, I just try not to think before a game. That's their solution. I just don't think. But if you can teach these guys to think about how they think, you can teach them to find these two and you can work a lot on losing streaks and winning streaks in teams and in players. Okay, that was a lot, but I, it made, you cleared it up for me. That's good. Now, when I'm coaching kids, I always say one of the characteristics that I'm looking for is I like them when they're a little bit dumb. I always say, like, if a 4.0 GPA, I always say the 2.7 kids to 3.2s, I love them because they can read and write, but they're never overthinking things. With okay. the way you're talking about, are you the same way or do you want the super intelligent kid? I mostly, what I look for is I like the passionate people. So like my absolute ideal client is someone that they, they say, I know about flow, but I don't know how to use it. Or I know about this, but I don't know how to use it. And they have the awareness to be like, yeah, sometimes I'm anxious before the game, but they're not always like this stressed little ball there. That's what I would define my ideal person. And one of my clients goes, yeah, I don't take notes in college, but I'm excited for your session. So he brought his notebook and he's taking all these <laughs> notes. So like kids like that are who I want. They're not necessarily like the super nerdy types, but they have that ca capability to go there and they're not intimidated by their mind. So would your ideal client be a man or a woman? Uh, they both have their benefits. Okay. So what's the, what's the benefits of each? I think I know I the answer, say, but I want to hear you say it. 
I would say sometimes I think it's not always true, but women have a very self-improvement component to them sometimes. So like when you talk to them, they always really want to tap into that level. Whereas guys, I find they simplify things, but depending on the client, guys are harder to get, break their wall down. Once it's mm -hmm. down, they're more open, but women are more open to it. And sometimes depending on them, they're not aware. So sometimes with guys, they'll say, I don't do that. And then if you were show them on video, they're like, oh, I do do that. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, I don't get anxious. And then you're like, what do you call that? Or they're like, no, I don't, I don't get stressed. But if you watch what they do before, they just try not to stress themselves out. Like, it's like, what do you do before game? Oh, I have to just like watch TV and relax. Like I can't do anything else or very component-y. So it's kind of tapping into that world and every person's different, but it's really breaking through that ground. You, you seem to be very similar to me and from what I've read and what I've watched on your videos and stuff. You're more of a bottom line, just like you'll, you'll have no problem calling out a dude. Like, no, 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 you're, you're wrong. Here, here's, let me just show you how big of an ass you've been. And you, you, is that, am I right on that one? Uh, I think I'm a little more, I'm more call out in videos, I think for general, but for I think it's fantastic with people, I will call them out. But, but my dad does say you need to add a little more fluff, like sometimes make it more exciting but i'm like well it's not like you know how you're like oh that's okay i don't like when sportsnet they completely tear the guy apart but i think if you're gonna add benefit to it it's like no 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 no. this can be better let me show you how it can be better because you're hitting your head against a wall over and over again and i don't think that's fun for you yeah it's, it's real simple if you'd like to get better here's the way to get better if you choose not to do this way well then you're not going to get better it's, it's a very clear line yeah. And I think it's finding like what I do this with myself too. It's finding out what they're consistent at that they need to be inconsistent at and what they're inconsistent at that they need to be consistent. Because a lot of the times if you ask someone, they're trying super hard, but they're doing the same thing over and over again, and they should not be doing that thing. So you need to find something to make them consistent at that would have a better outcome. Christian, did that confuse you? The whole consistent to inconsistent, inconsistent, consistent, because that confused me, but then I think I got it. So that, that was very good. I like that line. That, that's a good line. We're definitely going to cut that one up. Tell me about your new online courses. Christian, you, well done. Christian's a liar. He said he got it 100%. You're such a liar, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your new online courses. So my new online courses are based to help you dive into this world. The first one's just a sneak peek, and the second one is more advanced over a length of time. But the beginner one is just to make you think about how you think and dive into this world and get past the basic anxiety, basic mental health, basic sports psychology, and um, basic, I'm not confident today, I'm not tough today, and kind of teach you that this is a system, there's a sequence, just like if your offense passes to your defense who passes to your goalie and you go back and forth, right? Like you're always playing with that team aspect, whatever sport you play. So if you can tap into that with your mind, then you're building that and that gets to be fun. Okay. One of the things you always talk about is you says there's a, there's a science behind mental toughness. Explain that to me. Okay. So if you even look at what's going on right now, some of the guys will talk about mental health in sports. And I'm trying to remember the guy's name, um, but they're talking about how he went to a psychiatric facility. He's a basketball player. Do you remember that story? Mm -mm. Okay. Are, we, are you talking so, about Kevin Love? Uh, not Kevin Love. It's a different guy. Um, 
Christian, Christian seems to always know everything. I, 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 don't, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I am watching okay. UCLA in the Sweet 16. Well, we'll skip that analogy and we'll go to, <laughs> so if you look at sports, it's actually sometimes a catch 22 with your mind in this toughness aspect, because some of the toughest people actually go against themselves. And what I mean by that is your mind basically gets to decide to go left or go right, okay? And the okay. easiest analogy is to think about a team that always wins or always loses. Okay. And a team that always, always loses, if you look at like the Red Sox in baseball, they had like that 90 year curse they talk about, right? Okay. What's happening in your mind is it's just like a muscle. It's just like if you built muscles the wrong way. You know how if you were trying to play football, think about what kind of workouts you could do that would counteract yourself, but you could be working very hard to do those workouts. I gotcha. I gotcha. So you can do the exact same thing with your mind. And when you work against yourself, what happens is you're working against your own stress response. Okay. So you know how I told you about how DJ Metcalf, how he did that play. And it's like that short burst of adrenaline, that Phenomenal. stress response, that's fun. Phenomenal, right? But he doesn't stay in that stress response all day long. And what some teams do out there is they build their toughness the wrong way because they spend so much time going against their own mind. And you, and you, you can teach this to a human being? You can teach this to Hubini, so you can work on using technology, or what you can do is you want to reprogram their stress response. This is blowing my mind. So, like, how uh, this is hurting me. And, and by the way, Christian says, "Are you talking about Demar Derozan?" Uh, no. Christian, swing and a miss, my man. You're you're <laughs> o for one. Okay, so how long does it take? So some kid comes up to you, say he's an 18-year-old super athlete, very, very good, but doesn't lack, he has a lack of confidence. And when the pressure's on, he kind of says, uh, don't give me the ball. Say we're playing basketball. Okay, don't yeah. give me the ball. I don't want to be the last one. How, how long does it take for you to get John Smith to say, give me the damn ball? So that depends, first of all, on them. Like, I agree with you, right? You get a kid if they're not into it then it's going to take a long time because yeah. you have to convince them to even try the thing, right? It's just same with as lifting weights. If they've been told their whole life to lift this way and you're trying to convince them to do the other way, that's a whole framework that it takes to get past. But it can take, especially if you do right, it can take a couple weeks. It can take a couple months, depending on what's going on with this kid. Because if it's, for example, say it's just one game they lost last year. Say he flipped a switch. He went through a game where he just decided he wasn't good anymore. That's easy, but it's the kids that have been doing it for years and years and years. That'll take more time. Okay. So say you're working with a kid twice a week, they're taking your yeah. online courses or you're just, you have an individual appointment with them via zoom or whatever. How long yeah. would it take? I mean, that, that, cause that's everyone always would say like, Oh, I, I'm going on this diet. How long is it going to take me to lose 10 pounds? How long is it losing my hundred pounds? How long is it going to take for you to get some 18 year old kid to get some confidence? I would say to be at like the peak where he can see the result about yeah. two weeks to a month, but he's going to have to, but he's going to have to put in the work every day. Like it's not just meet with me twice. It's like do this for 20 minutes a day, you know, like it's the same as working out. If you want to get any benefit from your mind, you can't just talk about it. You can't just think about it. You can't just do and think about a diet or you can't do mm -hmm. and think about a workout. You have to physically do the thing. 
Only two weeks to a month. I would have bet way longer than that. That's amazing. You must be really, really good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that some of this is overlooked. Like some of this, you, you don't realize it, but everything you do right now basically sculpts your mind. Oh, yeah. And then the best athletes, you get any Jordan and Kobe too soon. Uh, but it's one of those things that it, those guys were just animals on the court, but more more here where they would just mentally abuse another player. Um, a great movie was it, Christian uh, Pumping Iron, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's, it's like the early 80s, late 70s about him and Lou Ferrigno working out, becoming Mr. Human Being. What the hell is it? Olympia or something like that, Christian? And. Arnold just mentally abuses Lou Ferrigno, and he, his, he's so much more mentally strong that he just crushes him on and off the, the stage. What got you into this line of work? What got me into this line of work was I used to have an autoimmune condition, and I had it for when I was 19, and I was always looking for something else to help me because I never bought the story of you're going to have to take medicine for this your whole life. Like, it is what it is. Get used to this level. I just never accepted that from day one. So I always looked for things. Mm -hmm. And then I did a diet too, because mine was in my gut. I had to do like a very healing one where you pretty much take all foods away and then add in very slowly. But the thing that impacted me the most for that long-term healing was my mind and my nervous system. And I figured if I can do this with my body and I'm not an athlete, imagine what athletes could do. Or I just was like, as I watch sports, I see plays and I notice things. I don't see, like, I don't, I see, yeah, that's a good play, but I don't necessarily look at their hands and their feet all the time. I notice their nervous system. I'm like, oh, that guy freezed. That guy did this. That guy did that. So I'm like, how do we, and how do we revolutionize this industry and really help it? Because I think it's intimidating because it sounds smart, but mm. once you know it, it's fun and it gets to be one of your favorite things. And it can be impactable. Like if you're an owner of a team, right, you're always looking for that extra edge but i find it so interesting that they don't even have a mental stat side to any sport this has been very very interesting i thought i was going to be blown away and i and i was but in a different type of way you you're very interesting and i, I love this concept because working with athletes for my whole life I, I you can definitely tell the kids that are mentally strong or who are there and the kids that are good athletes that aren't mentally strong and the ones that are mentally strong they can you could be mentally strong and be not as good of an athlete and be better, if that makes sense. Yeah. And even funny enough, speaking as your pre-guest from Colorado, one of my favorite hockey players is Nathan McKinnon. And I love him because he is mentally strong, but he has such an intensity behind him. And why it's so different is because if you take people when they're hot, they're hot, right? Mm -hmm. They're really good. And most of the time they are. But if you have such an intensity what happens is when you're down, you're really negative. And it's because you have such a high standard. And I had the same type of intensity where you're like so driven, like so oriented that you don't want anyone to slow you down and you'll just go for things, but you'll go through them in necessarily the wrong state. You'll be so driven that you're like, I don't care that my mind says to stop. I don't care that this says stop. I don't care that that says stop. And you just like push through. But when you do that, you might be in the wrong mind to do that. And you kind of are working against yourself there. So people like that, like I know he talks to someone um, all the time. He's got some sort of sports psychologist or some person that always helps him like daily or weekly or whatever his story is. But players like that are fun because when they're on and they're in the right mind, they are absolutely going to hammer it because they're mm -hmm. so athletic and they have so dominance. 
but they have such a standard that if they don't meet their standard and their standards higher than everyone else's, which yeah. is the funny thing. There's this like, oh, I usually score three goals and I scored one and I'm furious and everyone else is like, I'd be grateful for one. But if you can help those guys, that's the big difference. And that's where it gets to be fun. Carla, this has been phenomenal. What, where can people find out about your course? Where can they register? Where can they sign up? Give, give me all the good info. Sure. So if you take um, my first name and last name, Google, Carlin, www.carlinfisher.com, you will find my site. And under my store, it has courses, it has my podcast, and it has a couple other resources that they can access. Want speaking requests? I have a link to be booked as a speaker because you can apply this to sports, but you can also apply this to companies the same way, right? You have a goal, you have a business, you have these people, you want to drive them in the right to get there. This has been outstanding. Carlin Fisher, thank you for all that you do. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of calls after this interview. You did great. I'm very happy to have you on. Um, once again, thank you for Carlin Fisher coming on. Once again, what was the website? Because you kind of broke up just a little bit. I want to make sure everyone got it. Sure. So it's carlinfisher.com, www.carlinfisher. And you should find my um, LinkedIn pages and my Instagram and things like that. And you should be able to book me as a speaker or check out some of the courses through that. Perfect. Thank you. Coming up with our last segment on the Rubio Method, episode 29. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to all the middle school students out at St. Mary's Middle School. What's going on, guys? I love speaking to you last month. Keep up the good work. And you also keep up the good work of sharing and subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, therubiomethod.com, and of course, ngbn.tv. If you have any questions for myself or Nicholas Monahan, you can email rubio at therubiomethod.com. Back to the bottom line. What is the bottom line? The bottom line is everything that you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Number one, don't forget to season up your life. Like what Monahan was talking with his minute with Monahan, he gave you five pointers to make sure you don't get into a funk, especially March and April where everything is supposed to be blooming. But if you live up north, sometimes it's still a little bit colder. Like he said, it was snowing. So five ways to season up your life so you're not going through depression. Number two, whenever you challenge yourself, always set a reasonable goal. This goes back to the weight and the ice cream cake eating story. Maybe don't go 45 days without a cheat day. Maybe only go 20 so you don't eat half of a kid's cake at his birthday party. Number three, being tough is not just acting tough on the outside. That's what Carla was talking about with all that mind stuff and brain stuff and neurons. She was a lot more eloquent and smarter when she was saying it, but that's basically what she was talking about. You got to make your mental side even tougher than your physical side so you can be the best athlete possible. All right. That's a wrap for episode 29. Christian, I thought this was a great, great episode. I really liked it. We had a good time. Shout out to Nicholas Monahan and Carlin Fisher. This is a wrap. Christian, I'm out.